Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Podcast. It is your host, David McKaig Jr. Again, this is the Game Sports Podcast powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. 91 Network is a YouTube channel. Just give it a search. And when you're on that channel, make sure you hit subscribe. There's a variety of podcast content on there from sports to mental health, as well as to agriculture. If you are operating a podcast, hosting a podcast, producing a podcast, whatever it may be, and you'd like to be a part of the 91N community, just simply email 91networksm at gmail.com. Or if you're interested in starting a podcast, again, email 91networksm at gmail.com. The Game Sports Podcast video versions are only on 91N, but if you're tuning in on the audio platform, you're likely on Spotify, maybe you're on Apple, Amazon, Google, Podbean, Podtail, no matter where you're listening to, that simple like, that simple follow, that simple subscribe, that comment goes a long way, especially those comments. We love those interactions. As well, I must remind you, we are on all social media platforms, meaning we're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to search at the Game Sports Podcast, and you will not miss us. Okay. A lot of great content, daily uploads on social media. It's got to give credit to my social media team, as well as content. We do two episodes a week here on the Game Sports Podcast, as well as bonus episodes with our special edition uploads that feature sports figures in the world of sports of all kinds. You could check out those from Theo Fleury, James Duthie, Marcel Dion, Pete Mahovlich. The list goes on. Just check it all out on 91 Network or on the audio platform for older ones as well. Now, this is the, technically, people look at this episode as in multiple ways. One, the Monday edition of the Game Sports Podcast. So this is the January 22nd, 2024 pre-recording of the Game Sports Podcast on Monday, which is uploaded on all platforms Tuesday. Or people look at it as the first segment of the week, and this is the January 22nd week, of course. So either way, whatever you look at it, this is the first episode of this week. Okay, I'll keep it as simple as that. And you got yours truly for the solo portion, going solo on the solo uh, side here for the portion of the first segment and then when we take a quick breather i will have alex and dane joining yours truly for the second segment which is technically our top shelf segment but we're going to call it our second segment we're going to invade your ears with hockey okay invade it with hockey in this first segment i'm going to be talking about a little bit of football reaction i don't want to take any fire from the from the second or the wednesday edition of the game sports podcast but nonetheless I'm going to give a little bit of reaction for football because the news is hot. It's good content, but we're going to be into the bulk of the news on Wednesday. But on Wednesday, we're going to talk about the previews of the championship games. Now, I'm going to also talk about the change draft rules topic. And this will be about 10 minutes, this opening segment, after I get through this introduction. So we're about three minutes in already. So give me an extra 10 when I'm done this. But nonetheless, those are going to be the two topics to start off today's show. Then obviously in the second segment, when Alex Parr and Dane Hancho join me, we'll talk variety of hockey. We're going to be going around the horn with hockey topics such as if Leaf fans are driving Alex Parr crazy. We're talking about Patrick Wall returning. We're going to talk about Corey Perry. We're going to talk about dumb trades in fantasy hockey. And we're also going to have our NHL redraft segment, which we started last week, but we're going to be redrafting 1981 NHL draft. So you don't want to miss any of this content. And let's get it all started. I'm going to start with football. Now, watching the divisional games, it was a great weekend of football. Yesterday, which was Sunday, January 21st for me, it may be a different day for you, but that was one of my favorite days of sports in a long time. Obviously, as everybody knows, taking my host hat off here as I move to the side on video, I am a Steelers fan through and through in football. And people ask, well, how'd you become a Steelers fan? Very simple. I, I was a late bloomer when it came into the world of football. I like the Oregon Ducks, and I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. 
people wonder how I don't like Michigan and how I don't like the Lions or the Bills, okay, or even the Green Bay Packers. I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because of one of my dad's friends that used to come over all the time and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers at my old house, my, at my childhood house. Secondly, I watched the NFL draft and I watched Ben Roethlisberger get drafted. And when he got drafted, that was my favorite player when I, when I, when I saw him. That's somebody I wanted. And coincidentally, it was to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wasn't a Steelers fan because of their success, their story, and because they were starting to get good. I started liking them when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger. And I started liking the Steelers because of my dad's friend. Okay, so if you want my little explanation that you probably don't care about, there it is. But watching Pittsburgh win Super Bowls, those are one of my favorite sports moments. The Raptors winning. You know, the Leafs getting past the first round. That was one of my favorite sports moments. 19 years. The Toronto Blue Jays. I wasn't bold enough when they won, but to seeing them make the playoffs, or, but watching the 2015, 2016 teams, I got a lot of sports moments I can pull from. So I'm not talking moments, but I'm talking yesterday watching sports. It was a great day of football. Okay. The Lions and Buccaneers, they got the Chiefs and Bills, then the Leafs played the Kraken. Okay. Now, the Lions and Buccaneers was a great football game. Overall, great. I think it was tighter than maybe Lions fans wanted to be, but that Baker Mayfield, you got to give him credit. But the Lions faithful, Ford Field was buzzing. The fans were buzzing. Lions faithful are having the time of their life. There's no way if you're a football fan that you can't feel love for the Detroit Lions. Unless you're a Buccaneers fan, maybe a Bills fan. But watching the the Buccaneers and the Lions play yesterday. See the Lions pull away and now go down to the final four. It is absolutely amazing for the Lions. That was my probably my favorite football game of the day. But going to the Chiefs and Bills, look, I am so sorry for your loss, Bills fans. And I mean that in such a sincere way from a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, from a, from a Blue Jays fan, from a, just an overall fan of sports, you've had heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak with the Kansas City Chiefs. You just can't get past them. It's like the Washington Capitals had when they had to go against Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is so sad to see. And seeing fans cry, I can relate. It's 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 unfortunate to see. And it, it came at a loss that was just so devastating. You lose a kick. You lose by a kick. A field goal. They could have tied the football game and changed the whole complexity of the game. But Wynn took that ball, and the Chiefs end up getting the ball back, and they just kill down the clock. Travis Kelsey decided to do Travis Kelsey things. You know, he hasn't been that hot since week 11. Taylor Swift's up there. You got Jason Kelsey ripping his shirt off, drinking with Bill's Mafia. Absolutely unbelievable. It was a sight to see. The whole day of football was just pure action. But my favorite human being in sports right now might be Jason Kelsey. Okay. He was drinking with Bill's Mafia, drinking out of a ball. He was got over the out of the club box without a shirt on, went to hold a little girl and brought her to Taylor Swift. Like, how can you not like that human being? He is, he is. I need to have a beer with this man. Okay. I need to have just one beer and maybe some Pinty's chicken wings. If you've seen his commercial. Okay. I don't even care about seeing Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I know my wife might disagree, but Jason Kelsey, the guy is the, the physique of a man, that guy, sexiest man alive for a reason. Okay. Not just because of who that man body physique, but it's because of who he is as a person. Superb. He was partying with chiefs, partying bills. He is having a great time. He is in, retirement mode okay i know he has an announcement but he might he should okay he's having the time of his life okay despite he doesn't you can't even tell he's been off one week with a loss and maybe not going to the super bowl or maybe that's why he's having such a good time to clear his mind but he 
is having a good time. And that made the game so entertaining with the camera zooming in on him. Josh Allen had such a good football game yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, such a good football game. Both teams going the defensive side. I feel like the Bills didn't really capitalize where they could have. They did have some injuries on the field, but both teams were going back and forth with challenges. And just overall, the team that pulled away with the win, big reason for it was because they had a quarterback who found the right receiver who got hot, but it's all because it came down to a kick. So much pressure on that kick. And I just feel like the Bills didn't do proper coverage in the red zone where they could have done it. And they weren't covering Kelsey on the touchdown, the second touchdown where they just let him wide open. There's a lot of defensive mishaps that the Bills could have avoided. And you come to a point of where you wonder because the Buffalo Bills, who were my favorite at the beginning of the year to win the Super Bowl, but obviously I didn't pick them at the beginning of the playoffs. I picked the Eagles, so obviously I was wrong. But the Bills, for years, are right into that roadblock. But I don't think if you're a Bills fan, you should hold hope or lose hope yet. This is a team that will increase and will do what they can in the offseason. I'm confident in that for them. And they will have to slay the Giant eventually. Every sports team has to slay their Giant. The Capitals had to slay the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have to slay the Boston Bruins. It just comes down to that story and that narrative. It needs to happen in sports, and the Bills will have their way one day. And I think I might, for the fourth consecutive year, pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of next year. Packers 49ers. Look, you got to give credit to the four, to the uh, sorry, the Green Bay Packers. They were holding up in that game, but the the uh, the 49ers offense was just too much. And then at the end, Jordan Love. They had them in that fourth quarter. They could have come away with that game, but Jordan Love throwing that interception so unfortunate. So, so unfortunate. Uh, I feel like he could have held on to the football march down the field, and it could have been a whole different game at that point. But we're not Jordan Love. You're not in that predicament. You don't know what's going to happen. For a young quarterback to give the experience that he did this year, you got to think of that as a win as a Green Bay Packer fan, especially since you were a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. You lose Aaron Rodgers. You probably lose a little bit of hope. You think you're retooling. Never mind retooling. You're looking at adding next year and making a very serious run with a very good young quarterback with Well, let's call it how it is. One of the best last names, too, in the world of sports. Love. Gotta love it. Going, now, like, looking at the Ravens and Texans game, the, I, that was the most boring game of the week. And it's unfortunate because I'm a, I'm a CJ Stroud fan. I was pulling for the Texans in that game, but Lamar Jackson, oh, I underestimated. I thought the Cinderella story could come out here and really play a big factor. And CJ Stroud was going to beat Lamar Jackson by a field goal or a touchdown. And it was just going to be a Cinderella story. But when, when, when Lamar Jackson got his feet under him and that rest, the rest rust, I like to call it wore off the, the Ravens were just superior. That's a very good football team, and it's very, very scary. I, I think they might have the best all-around team that's playing currently right now. I'm just going to flat-out say it. Whoever plays them in the Super Bowl is going to be in tough, and I, and I just said it's who I think will be likely going to the Super Bowl from that end. Going to be unbelievable. I don't have much to say more about the Texans and Ravens, just that Lamar ran the field. It, it was a Baltimore game through and through, and – If that's how they come off a week's rest, a little bit of a week's rust, and they're all set to go, but now people say, oh, they're rested. Nah, there's a week. That that, that delay in a week can throw off your step slightly, but they rebounded quickly, and they're going to be, I think, easily marching into the Super Bowl. That's that's to say how that is. Are they going to win it? Not saying that, especially as a Steeler fan. You can't say that about the Ravens. we got to give credit where credit's due and give them respect. 
They are a very powerful football team. It had nothing to do with the, the, the Texans being bad. They were a second overall pick last year. Look at what they did. You got to be proud if you're a Texans fan. Got to be proud if you're a Packers fan. Take those losses, but with dignity. And, you know, you go into next year, you add, add, add. You sped up your rebuild. You're going to be competitive. And you create something that's going to be a winning culture for the next decade. Because that's what those two quarterbacks, both Love and Stroud, respectively, deserve. That's my reaction on football. We'll be talking more about it. Probably a lot of repeated words coming out of my mouth next Wednesday, but we expect EJ and Justin. And I may have a special guest who is a close friend um, of the show for a long time, maybe come on in the first segment. And I want to say it here as well. Obviously, um, the late Scott Nason, good friend of mine, co-founder of the Game Sports Podcast, uh, who passed away in September of 2022. Big Lions fan. He never got to see the Lions move on in 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 football and there's friends of mine that finally got to see them after 30 plus years right that's guy scott did see them in the afc championship that time when they played washington but he has not seen this team get this far in over 33 years and obviously with him no longer with us he makes you wonder you know it's it's obviously too bad he isn't here but you know, it, obviously someone would be smiling down because he he would be absolutely pumped. And I know this podcast, I wouldn't be able to talk because of all of his excitement. So you Lions fans, take this in. Enjoy it. You deserve it. And from a Steeler fan, you are who I'm rooting for to win this Super Bowl. I am supporting the Lions. I wanted a Lions-Bills finals. We're not going to get it, but I am supporting those Lions. Now, I'm going to get into a change draft rules topic. I am now almost at my 10-minute point, so I'm going to keep this very brief, and I'm not going to confuse anybody. I just heard somebody say, well, when a player gets drafted in the, into the National Hockey League or into a league, why don't they stay with that respective team? Why can they request a trade, Cutter Gauthier? Why, why don't they change the rules? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, right, that – there's the cap issues, there's financially, there's just fairness if you want to summarize it all up, okay? But I wanted to maybe, I was discussing with a fan of the show offline, going through messages, and we discussed a potential change in the draft rules because they were reacting to Cutter Goche and Drysdale comments from last week. And about when somebody gets drafted to to a team, OHL, NHL, whatever league it may be, once they get drafted, they have to go there. Now, does that violate human rights? Yeah, it does. It does. But that doesn't mean you can't make a rule about it. If you get drafted by a team, you have to play your entry-level contract there. You have to play there. If you don't play it, you cannot be an active player in that league for three years. Yes, you have to sign entry-level contract. But if a team drafts you, you have to play three years for that team or sign entry-level contract, let it die out before you can play again and revisit signing with another team. I've also heard ways of, well, why don't you just veto the trades from being able to happen and somebody has to stay with the team for their first 10 years no matter what. I love that. I truly do. I think that'd be great if someone drafted, uh, for example, if Connor Bedard went to Arizona instead of Chicago, but he didn't want to go to Arizona, you can't request a trade. You have to stay there for 10 years. If you don't stay there for 10 years, you can't go to any other team for 10 years. You have to play there. But now as you start saying things, you add the rules, it gets a little bit crazy. 
I want to know if, and if anybody wants to provide their input on what they feel, how they can change things. I think it's just so unfortunate when somebody drafts a player, they take the time to draft, and they just don't want to play there. You know, and obviously there's been situations from here in Sault Ste. Marie with Eric Lindros, even when he was in the National Hockey League. He was drafted somewhere, and he said, nope, I'm not going there. I want to go to this team instead, right? I want to play here. I don't want to play there. I don't want to play for this team. I want to play for this team. This team is the only team I'll go to. No, no, no. I'll go to this team. Maybe I'll go to this team, but I'm not going to this team again drafted to. Look, you should just be happy that you're getting drafted into the league that you're getting in. And now you can exercise your rights as much as you want to. But I think it's an absolute joke when players request a trade to go somewhere. Like, I'm sure if you grew up a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, but you got drafted by the Montreal Canadiens, which is your arch rival growing up, and you just probably couldn't stand Montreal you're probably just happy that you got drafted, that you're going to get the chance and that a team drafted you because they wanted you to be a part of their organization. I'm a big fan of when a team drafts you, you sign your entry-level contract. Uh, and if you sign your entry-level contract, you remain with that team for three years. And then after that three years, you can choose not to sign. And as an RFA, I like how you have to, if you don't sign, they can qualify you and you have to wait a full year. I love that rule being implemented. But I think what could be incorporated is that maybe you draft your player. They cannot be traded after being drafted. When you're signed, when you're drafted to that team, you have to sign with that team no matter what. You play your three years, and if you don't play your three years in that one year with that RFA, if you don't sign, you sit out until you become an eligible UFA, then you can go to another team. And if you sit out, you can go play in other leagues except the National Hockey League. I love that rule. I know it would never happen. People are probably going to tell me that's stupid, that's dumb, that's totally fine. I just feel like it's a disadvantage if someone of a franchise caliber goes to a team to really change the complexity of a hockey team and maybe make the market more competitive, bring more players to that market. Because if you have Connor Bedard playing somewhere, someone's going to want to play there with Connor Bedard. They know they're going to play better, just like it is with McDavid, just like it is with McKinnon, just like it is with Matthews. Crosby, was in, when he was in Pittsburgh, that organization was in shambles when he went there. Lemieux took it over. They got Crosby. They had Malkin. They had Stahl. They started drafting, and they built around it. What if Crosby would have said, no, I want to go play in Toronto or I want to go play in Montreal? What if he said that? The whole complexity of Pittsburgh's organization changes and it's better for the other teams. Maybe they would have gotten all these draft picks and players would have made it better, but it's all that what if game. When you draft a player, they have to stay with that team. To make it more interesting, if they're a first round pick only. Second round to seventh round, do what you'd like. But when you're a first round pick to a team, you have to remain with that team when they draft you. You automatically have an entry-level league men signed. 925 for the rookie automatically signed. And you can have the choice if you want to play in those three years or not play in those three years. If you don't play in those three years, your RFA term comes up. If you don't want to sign, you sit out that year and then you come to UFA the next year. Let's incorporate something that's interesting that allows players to start their league where they're drafted in. Then after their three years are done, then you can do it. But this makes it more interesting. The NHL team that drafts you, they can trade you as long as you didn't request it. Well, how do you find out they didn't do it? Listen, if anyone requests a trade, you would know about it. Let's up that ante then a little bit. You, they have to play at least one season before you trade them. Wow, I'm really throwing a lot of hypotheticals out there to you. A lot of things to follow. 
What do you think in terms of training players that are drafted? In my opinion, I feel like a player should stay with the team just because of morally, but also just basically stay with the team just for being drafted. Especially if you're a first-round pick, you have to stay with that team, play X amount of years before you could sign or be traded to another team. That's my thought. I was given examples if it was three, wait the year, if it was 10. So many things you can pull from it, but then all this nonsense about players choosing where they want to play and whatever may come out of that will not happen. Just saying. Let me know what you think. Comment below. Now, this has been 20 minutes. I am about five minutes over what I want to be, so I'm going to wrap it up right now. This has been the first segment of the Game Sports Podcast. When we come back, you're going to have myself joined by Dane Hanshaw and Alex Parr. We're going to have about an hour uh, in that segment. We're going to make it a little bit of extended version. For you, there's a lot of hockey topics we have to get to because we only did have one episode last week. There's a lot of content on it, but we're going to make sure we make up for it uh, tonight by missing last week, Monday's episode. A lot of things we want to dive into there. So a little thing for you, too, despite this little two-second breather that I'm about to take momentarily, this segment is going to be commercial free this segment and the second segment if you're on the audio version there will be no interrupted commercials if you're on youtube i apologize if an ad comes on up nonetheless it'll be commercial free on my end okay just so you're aware again scan sports podcast powered by 91 n you're here on the first edition of the week we talk football we talk hockey we got more hockey coming in the second segment don't go anywhere and welcome back to the Game Sports Podcast. It's your host, David McCaig Jr., continuing to host you this evening on the Game Sports Podcast, powered by 91N. That's 91 Network. This is, well, technically the top shelf segment, but ultimately it's the second segment of the show. And I am joined by the one and only, he's an Edmonton Oilers fan and a Michigan fan, quite a happy fan in general, as I say those two teams. The one and only Dane Hantro. Dane, another week, another episode, my friend. How's it going? Lovely. I'm a little heartbroken about the Bills loss. And again, not a Bills fan, but uh, I was really hoping for that Lions-Bills Super Bowl. But other than that, sports have been going quite well for me in the uh, year of 2024 so far. So, Naughty Championship, 13 in a row. Corey Perry's coming to town. Got another bad boy in the lineup. Let's go, baby. He's excited, Par. Okay, now let's go to somebody else who's also, well, he hasn't been here as long as Dane has, but he's been a part of the transition of the Game Sports Podcast. And you, well, he is actually was a part of the first ever TV segment of the Game Sports Podcast. That is a wow. milestone in it itself. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. no longer in Sault Ste. Marie. He is quite the distance drive away of eight, nine-ish hours in Ottawa. But nonetheless, he is a part of the Game Sports Podcast family. And we appreciate when he graces us with his presence. And he is with connection to me, a fellow Toronto fan, well, Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and dare I say any more, the one and only Alex Parr, my friend, another episode, another week. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad that some of us here are happy that their sports teams are going well, but I'm more like Josh Allen in the fact that I just have to be thankful that I woke up today. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Yikes. And like I talked about in the first segment, I gave a little bit of a brief reaction about football leading up to our Wednesday segment, our ever-known-in-the-pocket segment. It's going to, well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of topics there. There were definitely a lot of people cheering for the Bills, and I was one of those people included, as you know. If you are, well, a Bills fan, 
as I said at the beginning as well, we we are sorry for your loss, literally. But this is the hockey segment, okay? And we got a lot to get to. And in this segment, like I talked about in the opener with the agenda, this is the top shelf segment technically, per se. So we're going to be talking hockey around the horn to get it started, something that we want to talk about, bring to the table. We're also going to do a fantasy hockey topic that I kind of, well, set up par to kind of give his feedback on this and me to chime in. And I know Dane has a piece of feedback based on uh, trades in fantasy hockey that we're going to get into. And then we're going to have our NHL redraft segment. If you check out last week's episode on Wednesday last week, it wasn't Monday because we didn't have an episode on Monday. Dane and I redraft the 1980 NHL draft. You can also check that out on TikTok, social media, and make sure you comment and criticize us. We love it. You can also criticize Dane for how he looks at the camera as well. We loved that. I'm trying to be better today. Yeah, I was (laughs) reading the last time and I got screwed out on TikTok. (laughs) We love it. The NHL redraft segment would be 1981 today, and there's uh, some Sioux representation in that draft as well. Now, fellas, hockey around the horn. Where do I want to go first? I want to go to par first. Okay. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is what you wanted to talk about. I we obviously we we like to follow kind of a very loose script on the Game Sports Podcast. Sometimes, normally not. To be honest, it's just natural ability to talk. Yeah, to- tooting our own horns. But I put a topic in there for par that I don't know if he wants to talk about, but maybe he does. So I'll give you the floor, Par. If you don't want to go to that topic, you choose your own. Team me up, Dave. How, how do you want to do it? How do you want to can – you, can, you, can you ease me into it? <sighs> Leaf fans mm-hmm. driving you nuts. Oh, Are they God, driving you nuts? Okay, you're, you're a Toronto fan. I'm a Toronto fan. Okay. If you're on video, you saw me point at my jerseys. If you're on audio, sorry, that's just dead air for two seconds. Par, <laughs> you gave a lot of good points because, you know, being a Toronto fan, it's an up and down mood. It's a mood swing. That, that I find that a good way to put it. It's like a complete mood swing. It doesn't matter what generation you cheer for. If it's now, if it's from the 2010s, if it's from the 2000s, the 1990s, which I love the 90s, and 80s back, we weren't around for. But obviously, there has been a Stanley Cup since 1967, as everybody Sure as heck knows, the franchise has never made it past the third round in franchise history because last time they won the cup, there only was three rounds to win a cup. Fun fact, if you didn't know that, well, now you know. And also 1967, before more teams came into the league as well. So let's just say Leafs are cursed. Sure, fans, though, this is the topic I want to leave par up to because being a Leaf fan, you get the mixed bag, but you go everywhere. When I went to Columbus, there's 3,500-plus Leaf fans in that building. You go to Vancouver. You go to Edmonton. You go to Calgary. You go to Detroit. You go to Arizona. It doesn't matter. Florida. It doesn't matter where Ottawa. the heck you go. Ottawa. It doesn't matter where the heck you go. Blue and white is in those stands. And not Tampa Bay Lightning. We're talking Toronto Maple Leafs colors are in those stands. It's cheering. It doesn't matter how good, how bad, how mad, how happy. doesn't matter. We continue to cheer. But you know what? There's probably been comments, and I'm talking a little extra here, Par, but there is fan comments in general that upset people, and we're not going to talk about fan comments in general because everyone has the right to their opinion, but you did tell me that Leaf fans are starting to get a little bit too much, and it's bothering you. I'll say it flat out. That's what you said, and it's driving you nuts. So take that take that away. I don't know. It's just like, like I phrased it to you guys as this. It's like, we cheered for Phil Kessel to score 30 goals and we went, holy shit, what a hockey player. And now we've got like three guys who are guaranteed 30 goal scores, no problem. 
And it's just like nothing's ever good enough until that Stanley Cup comes. But you lose three games in a row to like, meh, baddish teams, mediocre teams, a couple blown losses. And it's like, I don't know, fucking hang Keefe, cut off Marner's legs, and fire Matthews into the sun. These guys suck. They, I saw them at a children's hospital getting in fights with the kids. These guys are pieces of shit. It's like, it's just not that bad. Like, how? we've had the same core for a while. So I'm sure we've all seen that we go through some stretches. But what's crazy is all teams go through some stretches. Hey, Dane, how were the Oilers at the beginning of the year? Bad. How are they now? Good. Crazy, right? Wow. Imagine. That happens to one team. It could happen. Leafs fans, I hope you're sitting down to another my light just fell off because I'm mad and I hit my table. Shut up. Shut up. If you want to start getting real upset about these things, wait until they're out of a playoff spot. And at that point, what leg do I have to stand on? Yeah, I guess the sky's falling. But the fun for me this year is just getting sucked out. Like like the skill of all those NBA players in the basketball and space jam. I just don't, I don't have it anymore. I just don't. I just I can't personalities online going off just won't shut up about the skies falling and every article in the world like i just don't i just don't have it i have to like tune it all out stop going on twitter during the game stop reading articles i can't i can't i can't it's just no fun it's no fun to just be choosing to be miserable you know what what i'll say is that the the matter of that is because in toronto have an expectation, right? And of what? Being bad? Of, of, of being good. And I'm not. What? That's the expectation? Leafs fans expect the Leafs to be good? Oh my fucking God. That's, that's grand. That's really so, good. So the Leafs, when they were rebuilding, there was openness about that. And the fans were still criticizing, right? Oh, they should be doing better. They should be this. They should be that. There is never. No middle. There is never no satisfaction. And the reason of that being is because of the length of the same repeated narrative happening happening each year, each year. And let's get real for a second. Some of those personalities, they're saying what they are because they're getting the views for it. Yeah. Right? We're because... the ones supporting them. I mean, we're by either fans or fellow Lee fans. doesn't matter. Hockey community supports that. And being in Toronto media, not us, but saying when you're in Toronto media, you are in the middle, the mecca of the hockey world, and everybody's going to click your your post. Everyone's going to read your post. I see people share posts or like, Nylander's garbage. Nylander's not garbage. Yeah, he signs his deal, doesn't score for a couple games. And, yeah, classic. Now he doesn't care. He's got his money. Shut up. Just, just like, oh, I just can't, Dave. I can't. I, I Actually, it is so draining. It is so draining. It is. And honestly, I can understand. It sucks when you lose a hockey game. It, it's great to see the passion. That's one thing I'll give Leaf fans credit for. There's passion and there's definitely dedication to a franchise. Hell yes. Okay, they're 100% almost more than any other team. Maybe except the Oilers. Obviously, this year proved that. Uh, the Habs. So every. Yeah. We're not doing well in the. Oh, yeah. The Leafs has just broadcasted a little bit more. But. <laughs> For sure. The thing, Same shit, though. The thing is, is that we there's a very good team in Toronto, and yes, there's always up and down, but I'm going to tell you the fact, like I told and said to listeners last week, is this team good enough to win a Stanley Cup? Well, let me answer that for you. If you look at the paper, 
you can see that they'd be competitive for one. I don't want to dare I say that they would be good, but I guess I am saying yes. Uh, here we are go. they actually good enough? Here's the here's here's the problem, Dave. Like I just they're not. I've seen an eighth seed win the cup before. I've seen Michael Leighton carry a team to the Stanley Cup final. I've seen some bad teams squeak into the the St. Louis Blues were in last place in January and then won the cup. So sitting here bitching and whining about how bad it is that we're in a playoff spot in a super competitive division. Like I just like this is this is exactly what I mean, Dave. Like it's just it's not that bad. It really isn't. Our starting goalie's not there. Some of our players aren't firing. Well, good. I don't want to be hot in December. I want to be hot in May and June. Yep. Yep. And everybody apparently in the sun is going to Toronto at the deadline. Hold your hold your brakes, dude. Like, A, with what money? Okay, with what money? There is cap there space. Yeah, There's something the negativity might happen. again. There something. Again. What? The, the negativity. You know, the, oh, no money. Oh, well, we're not going to do that. this. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a way where they're not going to – don't expect them to go out and get – don't go out – don't expect them to go out and get a, a $9 million guy. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're going to be active where they can, but they got to operate within their means. they got a budget to follow. But So you know what? Is believe in this team. Believe in this team because it truly is a good group of players, okay, and there's still time to write the ship in your eyes if you think they're a top team. But nonetheless – they are, they aren't, whatever they are. This is a team that I believe still is playoff bound. And what matters is playoff hockey. You and, just said that you don't think they can win a Stanley Cup, but we should believe in them. You know what? How about we go back to the line of Nick Spalling, Byron Fraze, and P.A. Parento? I think, I think that's what this fan base truly wants. Because then they'd have a lot less shit to bitch about. That's for sure. That's the only Leaf game I ever went to was that. That was like that year. That oh, was, yeah. Like before Matthews? Matthews came there. And I did, and I did say that they're not good enough for a cup. But you also just said an eighth team can win it. So even though they may not be good enough, doesn't mean that they won't win it. I'm just saying that, nonetheless, the fans. I can agree more. Par they're, they're, the negativity is is being flushed a lot extra. It seems, and yes, because of expectations. But it is pretty much a good way to put it. Exhausting to see, even as a fan. This team makes me want to smoke, and I've I've never. This team just makes me want to chain smoke. Do it's it. exhausting. Don't start smoking. Just, uh, it's not don't start smoking. Next point, I want to go to Dane for this one. It's relative. Corey Perry. Uh, we talked about uh, the briefly about the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, they're hot right now. They're bringing in somebody who has obviously been to the cup final multiple times, no matter how many times he's wanted or not. He's a, he's a pest. He's somebody who will drive the net. Is he going to get you 50 goals in the next 40 games? Whatever. Nope. He's not going to do that. But he is a guy that I truly think is a good ad for the Oilers. But let's give it to the guy who watches the Oilers every night, watches every Oiler analytic that I'm sure that he can, to give his reaction. Dane, what do you think about Corey Perry? Why, why do you think they added Corey Perry? Floor is yours. I'll say, like, the one thing that you know it's like where our team's buzzing right now do you really want to mess with the chemistry that might be the only you know con to to the situation i think there's lots of pros with it i mean the guy has won gold medals for team canada memorial cups stanley cup just won Yes, he has lost a couple Stanley Cup finals in a row in consecutive years, and whatever. We can take that as what it is. Was it three years? I, I, what's that? 
never mind. Keep going. I interrupt. I'm you. just saying, I, I, I like that he's a player that I think can slot up and down the lineup. He can be a pest when he needs to. I mean, Edmonton has one of the most dangerous power plays in the NHL, maybe in the most dangerous in the history of the NHL. Draw some penalties. I think you throw him with McDavid or Dreisaitl. I mean, yeah, he's not the same player he used to be. He's, he's old, right? But I think he still has that ability to get in front of the net, uh, you know, get into those dirty areas, you know, piss other people off. He's just kind of one of those guys right now later in his career where he's kind of switched his game a little bit. He's always kind of been like that. But I I, I just think the the experience, the leadership, and, and just – his ability to, you know, he can play on the fourth line, he can play on the third line, he can play on the second line, he can play on the first line, right? You can go wherever you need him. He He's one of only two players on our team that's actually even played in a cup final, if I'm not mistaken. Matias Akhom and, and, and Corey Perry would be the only two. And and I, I think, you know, I listened to Ken Holland in his, uh, the press conference with Corey Perry today. I, I, I think Ken Holland asked the right people the right questions to kind of, see what happened and it's still not out there like we can you know assume whatever we want you know i think he got drunk in front of management at a team convention kind of thing and probably said some things that he probably shouldn't have said and and we might never know what actually happened right so um i i don't think this this signing happens without you know, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and the leadership of the Oilers' blessing. I, I, I don't think it happens without ownership's blessing. I, I don't think it happens without management's blessing, right? So I think there was a lot of background checks with what happened in, in Chicago and, and, you know what, made sure that this move was good for the team. I think a guy that has size, has some grit, and, and he still has some talent. Like, he, he was doing pretty well in Chicago, why you playing top line minutes right on a really bad time, like bad team with Connor Bedard? But I like the move. Um, again, the timing of it with just you know the 13 game winning streak, you, you know, you don't really want to mess up with that that flow right now. But there's still half the season left, we're gonna lose a game eventually, so we're not looking at the short term, we're looking at more of the long term, and, and, and mostly his payoff like playoff pedigree. I, trying to think if the, the man's even missed a playoff and, and how many playoffs has he not played in in his career, right? So he's, he's batting pretty close to 1,000 if I if I had the back check on that. So it's just good experience, a guy that's showing that he has the ability to, to win um, the big games, right? So I, I like the move. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. Again, there's that the Chicago thing. So, and, and again, Edmonton being a media hotbed, they, they pounded him with questions today and he did very well answering ones he could and answering ones that he couldn't. And we'll see what happens. He'll, he'll definitely be getting the lineup uh, before a nine day break um, coming up here. So I think he has two games. We have two games before that happens against Chicago and uh, Chicago and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so, Dave, there's no way he plays in front of I would say it likely will be tomorrow night in Columbus. He and, will not uh, play against okay. Chicago. Okay. back in the Chicago game. So there's no way. Yes. No way he's playing against Chicago. It's in Chicago the Oilers coach has already said he wants him to practice with the team for at least a week before he even thinks about putting him in any game. So. We don't have oh, to worry well, about it. We're definitely on a different page then. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, dinner reservations in Chicago with Corey Perry and a lucky lady anytime soon. So. Yeah, he might not travel with the team on that uh, portion of the road trip. He's not playing in Chicago. 
this year. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's no not oh, a minute he... that guy's playing a minute in Chicago. There's no yeah. chance. If I don't know how many times the Oilers play Chicago the rest of this year, I probably two or three times. There's no way that he plays a minute. I don't think so. Again, I, we don't know what happens. And, no, and we, no, we don't. And I'm not saying because I don't think it's that that happened. I just feel I, like I hope it is. It's an organizational thing, right? Nonetheless. Well, he was, I was if he was gonna get if he was gonna challenge the termination of his contract, and he had no comment on that. So maybe maybe there's two sides of the story here, right? or three. So, uh, or three. And I guess everything that he's done in the last two months to get help for his substance abuse or whatever the deal was, he's he's gone the extra mile to get the help. And like I said, we'll see what happens. I What's... mean, but besides, I, I would say the one thing I like about this is. We haven't had to give up any draft picks for him, right? Say that's a deadline acquisition that you make. I mean, Corey Perry's not the player that he is, but the way that trades are going at the deadline right now, you're probably looking at a second, third round pick for Corey Perry, and you never know what you might get out of that at the end of the day. So in a way, it's it's convenient. Probably what was something. the money attached to it? Is, there, seven, is that seven, out yet? It's a league minimum. Seven, and a, seven, bunch seven. Of, a bunch of bonuses to fit under the cap. I would love to see Corey Perry on a line with Evander Kane. I think that'd be just an absolute. <laughs> I don't know who would play center on that line. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of that my head. Where, where center. we have center in Edmonton? Cassian, Kaner, Perry, bring them all in. We we fix the bad boys and turn them into good boys. I was gonna say, put me in the middle of Perry and Kane. God damn, that's a good night. Hopefully, we play all in you, Vegas. All you need is Ryan Reeves. You want Ryan Reeves in Edmonton? Oh, the Ryan I Reeves don't want Ryan Perry. Reeves. No. <laughs> Nobody think wants of, Ryan Reeves. Think of this way: Corey Perry's making less than Ryan Reeves, but he wasn't on Chicago. Yeah, well, Corey Perry's also only on a one-year deal. Ryan Reeves is raking in the cash. Just dump. Just. Dump trucks loading him up as he's sitting on his beach chair on Roby Island. Island. Yeah. For three years. For a fighter. Yeah, I know, dude. Brad, Brad, Brad. Oh, my God. Brad, Brad, Brad. Next topic. Patrick Waugh. Wow. Easy for me to say as I go a little higher in my voice. Patrick Roy. Patrick Roy Waugh. That's Patrick uh, the guy who got traded, who asked for a trade in the middle of a hockey game. Unbelievable. That story. And he goes and wins a cup in Colorado. They can't get any better. That's that's just a great story. And also the goalie who did this with his head all the time when he played a net. And he also one time showed the glove up in the air against Detroit, but he didn't have the puck and Draper scored the goal. Uh, lot, Patrick Waugh, one of the best goalies of all time. It goes without saying. When he started coaching in Quebec, I know somebody who actually had him in Quebec. And the... the uh, he said he was such a not a I don't want to use the word strict, but he was someone who redeemed that had that respect when he walked in the room and he he expected that respect pretty much to put a good way. But if you watch his clip with the Islanders when he was at the first practice, he wasn't taking any shit. He was yelling at the players, saying how it is clean shaven like Lou Lamorello likes it. Uh, if you're a devil fan or a Toronto fan, you know how that is. And now an Islander fan. But the the Patrick Waugh saga begins in New York, and it begins with a win. And it kind of was a little bit of a surprising move, a little bit, because obviously Lane Lambert is it wasn't going well with the island. Obviously, they weren't you know performing to what they expected to. But you don't really hear a lot about the, the Long Island coach, the Islanders coach. You're hearing about Toronto. You're hearing about Edmonton. You're hearing about all these other teams. And slightly comes in Lou Lamorell, 
slithers in, okay, and he grabs a very good available coach. I'm going to tell you right now, Patrick Waugh is somebody who is a good coach. He actually is one of the first coaches to ever pull a goalie with seven minutes left being down two goals. I don't know if you remember that when he was coaching. But nonetheless, he is somebody who's a risk taker. He knows what he's talking about. He's learned from good coaches, he says. He, uh, he obviously had high praise for a lot of coaches that he's had. Uh, but I think that's a good move for the Islanders. I don't know whoever wants to take the, the reins from there. But I think it's something that the Islanders, I'm not a fan of your fans. If you're a New York Islander fan, Sean Avery quoted you the best. I'm not going to quote Sean Avery for anything, but but because I don't want to say it on this podcast to sound like an absolute asshole. Uh, but I'll leave that point to Avery. But he was right. Uh, the the Islanders fans. Besides all that, you got a, you got a very good coach. You got a a very good coach. Whoever wants to take the reins. Yeah, on, no, I, I think yeah, the big three to uh, dub over the Dallas Stars. Uh, in his debut there, good start for the Islanders. Um, I think, like, the big question is, is what's taking him so long to get back to the show? I mean, two Memorial Cups, which is not an easy feat to win one, never mind two with the Quebec Ramparts. I think he made the playoffs 13 out of 14 years um, with the Ramparts. He's a former Jack Adams winner in the NHL with the Colorado Avalanche. Good point one of the best goalies of all time. Like he has the pedigree, right? So I, I like the move by the Islanders. Um, again, I, I, I think, you know, we've been for years, right? When's, when's Patty coming back to the NHL to coach? Um, and maybe it was him waiting for the right team, the right moment kind of thing. Maybe he was just having a good time back home in Quebec there. Who knows? But uh, the Islanders got him. Um, I think the Islanders, you know, they're not far removed from, back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, snuck into the playoffs last year after, I don't know, was it last year when they had to play like 20 games on the road to start the year because the rink wasn't ready, ready, or was that two years ago? It was two years ago. Regardless, I think the Islanders have a good team. Um, Sorokin's kind of been a little bit off. Patrick Waugh coming in, one of the best goalies ever. See if that, uh, if Sorokin, you know, Arguably, maybe the best goalie in the NHL, depending on the year that you're looking at, uh, kind of regains his form there. And I like the move by the Islanders. They're uh, a team that's kind of been on a sh- very streaky this year. Big winning streak, big losing streak, big winning streak, back to a big winning or losing streak. And now they've uh, got another win uh, with uh, Patrick Wild there. So, and they're still very, very much in the mix. So, like the deal by the Islanders. So, par coaching moves can continue to happen at the half before the halfway point or just now. At the halfway point, obviously, uh, the Oilers make don't, a move. Don't go where I think you're going. Don't. Nope. Dave, for Wait. the love of Christ, I swear to God. I Wait. swear. I Wait. swear to God, Dave. Wait. I'm not going there. I'm going somewhere else. Obviously, Ottawa made a move. You're in Ottawa. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you they, they, With Smith out, Martin. And we've talked about Jacques Martin, so we don't have to really beat that topic up again. So, but obviously, I think that wasn't a surprise that that happened. It's actually probably surprising that he wasn't done last year. But you look at the Edmonton Oilers, sort of a surprise because of their start, right? If they didn't have the start that they did, I'm sure Woodcroft would still be um, the coach of the Oilers, right? So Knobloch. And then, obviously, Knobloch has the, a lookalike in Seattle, apparently, that we determined. Uh, but not, oh, jokes, jokes aside, coaches, the moves have happened. St. Louis relieved their coach. I'm going to throw it out there as a general thing. Is, is this a year where we're seeing more coaches and teams actually just thinking that a coach, coaching change is going to flip around their season? 
I think we're seeing that a lot more this year than we have in previous years, or maybe I'm just noticing it more this year. And I'm not going to ask the question to you because you told me to hold it with if you think any other changes are going to happen in the NHL, because I think you're going to think that I'm asking. You really want to. You really want to ask me. You no. really want to ask me after no. the opening of this. No, I, no don't. I don't think Sheldon Keefe is going no. anywhere. I think he will be here all year. And I think if you wanted to fire him, you should have did it in the offseason. But it's too late, and they're not going to change it now. They just gave him an extension too, so that doesn't matter. But besides the point, that doesn't coaching, matter. Coaching moves have happened a bit more this year, and it's actually it's actually worked out for teams. Out of the teams that made the coaching changes, Parv, that we've discussed, which one came to you as the most surprising? Easily the Edmonton Oilers. Easily, not even close. I think Dane would agree too. I mean, they're I a good a team. Big Jay Woodcroft guy, and it yeah, broke my heart that our team was playing as bad as they were, and I knew it was coming. I mean, all like, things turned around for us, but yeah. Dane, at the same time, like, do you really think that like things would be that different if he was still the coach? Like, this could have just been as easily possible if you just waited out. Like, oh, Connor's not that Coffey, bad. Man. Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey's what fixed that team this year. I think a little bit. I'm, maybe that's a stretch. But defensively, the team's improved, right? That's what I know. It's defensively that team's improved. You got Cody CC playing better, and I'm a big Cody CC hater. Everybody knows that, okay? But he's actually playing quite well, and defensive systems have picked up. I think their PK is over 10% better. I could be wrong about that too. Dane could probably get that information. Oh, the the, the PK has been unreal. The power there play, you go. for whatever reason, has kind of faded away on our third Nothing against Knobloch, which, which is Nothing scary for other teams because if that starts – Going again, then I mean, really nothing, well, so. nothing against Knobloch, man. But Paul Coffey coming, I think, has been the mastermind of it all. He made a statement that I, I don't know if it's true or not, but basically, it's like, this is what I want you guys to do. And if you don't do it, we'll find somebody else. PMP so, 7000 Sherwood was probably on that ice, cracking skulls. I'll tell you right now, that guy is a future head coach in the NHL. Yes, I'll fly it all yeah, time. I, I think the result. I, I don't know if he wants it. Um, nope. I, I know oh, he's not. always been part of the Oilers organization, but there was some sure. hesitancy from him to actually get into the coaching game, and you know, desperation calls for desperate measures. And yeah, it's turned out great. But I'm not going to say that Paul Coffey and the defense is the only thing that's changed. Um, it's it's the whole team. Stuart Skinner is playing unbelievable right now. Um, high danger scoring chances. His save percentage is far and above um, a, any goalie in the league in his last 19 games. He's 17 and two with like a 938 save percentage. I mean, fact check me. It's it's close to that, but it's 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 just the team buying in, right? Playing a team game. I mean, Connor McDavid's pretty happy, only getting one point a game right now and winning hockey games and. The things that he's done on this winning streak, and even to start the season, really, he's 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 a grinder now. He's he's getting dirty in the corners. Ekholm gets charged by Yanni Gord in that Seattle game. Who's the first guy in the scrum? Connor gets in there, gives Yanni a little you know punch to the face. There, I mean, you're the boys are gonna rally around that, right? And he's hitting. He's he's getting into the dirty areas. He's he, he's playing the way that we need to win. And you know what? 153 points on a season looks sexy on paper. I'd rather Connor McDavid score 110 points this year and play the way that he's playing right now on both sides of the puck. And it's just the whole team buying in. And, you know, you get a couple wins together. The team starts feeling good. That confidence is back. 
and that swagger's back, right? And we're also getting depth scoring from Sam Gagne's averaging half a point per game right now. Like, he has, like, I don't know, 11 points in 20 games this year playing, like, fucking seven minutes a game. Like, Warren Fogle, Ryan McCloud have finally, you know, kind of gotten their untapped potentials. Everything's going well right now. So, I mean, the you, coaches you, help you, that. you can say Paul Coffey, you can say Knobloch, you can say like, it's it's everything in the organization right now. So I just don't know if a team as good as Edmonton, like, does, does a coach change that much to a team that good that has already won a bunch of times? Well, I don't know. Edmonton needs a wake-up right? call. It needs a new coach every fucking year and a half, which drives me nuts. <laughs> but but do they? Or is I, it... still, I still feel like whatever team, whether it's Ottawa or, I mean, sorry, Toronto, like I think what, I, I keep telling a lot of my good buddies that are Ottawa fans, you need you need to get a, an actual coach in there. Nothing against, you know, Jacques Martin. Jacques there, you know. Jacques Martin. Jacques, you know, Jacques Martin. Jacques Martin. <laughs> You know, going back to the early 2000s, <laughs> like get, get him, get Craig Berube, one of those guys in Ottawa. But I think anybody that ends up getting Jake Woodcroft, I think he's an absolutely awesome coach. Um, it's just unfortunate that the team was playing the way that they were. And again, right, when you have that high expectations on a team like Toronto or Edmonton, that it's win now, right now. The, the the media, the fan base, you feel that pressure, and what do you do? You got to make a change, right? Whether it's a trade, a coaching change, a general manager change, and you know what? Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And right now, to say that you know Knobloch and Paul Coffey are the reason that this team is doing as well as they are, no, the, the team has always had that ability to be this team. It just something needed to happen for the change and i mean it's working so far but it, it sucks that you know jay woodcroft ended up being the collateral damage from a team that was highly underperforming and i don't think it was you know really mainly coaching that was the issue at Edmonton. dave mccann here with dane hantro alex parr with the game sports podcast our second segment of the show technically the top shelf segment now we got what I'm going to get through here because we have two topics we're going to get into. Um, we were going to discuss Canadian team weaknesses and highlight one area of the weaknesses, but you know what? We're going to table that uh, for either next week or even closer to the deadline. It might make more sense to table that for closer to the deadline, perhaps depending on what Canadian team that you're talking about. So we're going to talk about fantasy hockey, and then we're going to get into our NHL redraft before we close out tonight's show. And fantasy hockey, let me explain why this topic is getting pulled. This is something that Dane, Alex, and I talked about on our chat, on uh, Facebook chats, which, which we have because we have a Facebook chat for EASHL reasons. If you're interested to play us, let us know. Comment below. We don't, uh, we don't play anymore. Don't listen to Dave. He uh, doesn't show up anymore. He's too busy for us. Okay. Uh, the fantasy hockey is something Par and I play together in. Dane and I aren't. What a log jam, eh, Dave? Have you seen the standings? Yes, I have. And actually, seven teams tied at seven and eight. Spots four through 11 are tied. Did everybody know that I was 0 and 6? Yeah. I was 0 and 6. I'm now seven and eight. I am hot. I'm hot. Yeah, Shoop's running away with the league. He just took his first loss in forever. Yeah, so one, two, three, and four, sorry, are all their own. And then five through 11 are all seven and eight. Top eight make the playoffs. 
I love, love that. It. That's it. Yeah. Listen, everybody, if you're paying to play in the league, try. I uh, I've been on a I've been on a nine week grind and I'm seven and two, so I'll take that fucking grind in nine weeks. I was I was discarded. Par everyone thought this year was done, and I said, okay, okay, I'm done. Okay, I'm not done. Not done. I'm coming for that. Coming for that money and coming for that. I'm doing the belt right here. We don't have a belt, but it's coming. But we're talking fantasy. We're talking not fantasy football. Sorry, I'm so used to saying that. Fantasy hockey. And the topic that got brought up in our chat was dumb trades. And now before Dane gets going, I'm going to bring up an example. Two examples. One short one, maybe a bit more brief on another one. But I got offered a trade from a certain player, GM, in the league. And the trade was... Okay. It's one of those trades where you look at the trade and you say, I must have idiot written across my fucking forehead. Okay. Uh, and look, I did a purpose counter offer that was insulting because I wanted to stop getting trade offers and it's worked for two weeks. It's been nice and pleasant to stop getting offers for trades. I turned down one bad one. I think I should maybe accept it too, but that's one out of 12 besides the points. I re- I, re- I, I pulled that aside. There's trades that happens in leagues that people can, that just happen. Right. And then there's trades where you're in a league that can get vetoed. They can get canceled. They can get stopped if people don't think it's a good trade. So what happens in our fantasy league, mean mine and par, is that a trade happens. The, the league has, I think, three days, something like that, to, to veto the trade, meaning that they can refuse, reject the trade because they think it's unfair. For example, if I, I just trade, sent you a trade, by the way. If I that's great, I will I'll refuse it later. Uh, if if Ilya Samsonov for Connor McDavid, for example, okay, just gonna throw out a number. No, just no, just no. There's the that's just absolute nonsense. Okay, just to ensure that there's no cheating. Now let's go to the other person in this call uh, or on this on the show or in this segment, Dane Hantro. He's in a league where he traded, and he'll correct me when he gets able to talk about it. He traded for Connor McDavid, and he traded Vincent Trocheck and uh, give me the Sam name, Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt. Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? And, and the justification was that well, Vincent Trocheck, good year, good year in fantasy. He's an all star. Yeah, and Sam Reinhardt is too. Uh, Thirty some goals, all but one. yeah, but the That's Connor true. McDavid. Oh, yeah, fucking Nick Suzuki's an all-star, too. Fuck off. So, Connor McDavid gets traded in Dane's Fantasy League for Vincent Trocek and Sam Reinhardt, depending on which way you grade points. I know in our league that would have gotten vetoed, I feel like. It likely no vetoes in our league. No vetoes in our league. I thought you said we had vetoes. No, we don't. Absolutely not. We do not have vetoes. You, there oh. shouldn't be a guy getting punished for being a better GM than another guy. Which is There's absolute a against, I thought. Okay, so I retract everything I said the last five minutes. So in our league, there, we don't have vetoes. There's a so, there's a vote against, but it's not allowed. Oh, like that, we will make sure that trade goes through. Oh, okay. Well, there's a vote against. So let me re- let me go back to what I was saying about veto trades. We don't veto in our league, okay? But talking veto trades, that's the point of this three minute wind up to it. Vetoing trades. Should it happen in fantasy hockey or should it not happen in fantasy hockey? Par go first, then we'll go to Dave. Absolutely not. I made probably the best trade I think I've ever made in my entire life last season, and it got vetoed uh, just because the entire league thought I was the guy getting fleeced. I couldn't believe it. 
I was like, this, this is so far and away in my favor. I was getting Linus Allmark from last year. I was getting like all, Josh Morrissey. I'm like, those guys could both win their individual position awards. And it got vetoed because people thought I was giving up too much. I couldn't believe it. So I had to dumb the trade down a little bit and send it back through, which was stupid. Why? Well, okay, if you guys think this trade is so bad, let me deal with the consequences of it. I don't understand. Like, I was trading with a guy in a playoff spot. I was in a playoff spot. It's not like the last place team's giving second or first place their best players. Well, I don't understand why you would be able to veto that. That's so dumb, in my opinion. So you say veto trades off. Have the Oh, God. Yeah, if you make a bad trade, live with it. Unless... Unless it is so obviously a fucking, you're cheating. The last place team is giving up their best players for one of the worst players on the best team. Like something like that. So you say we should have vetoes then because of that. I'm saying if you play with guys that are actually like, like the respect themselves and the, and like have any integrity at all, that's not a conversation you're even having. So no, no vetoes. Dane. Yeah. So like, I run my league and I have a group chat with the guys. Believe me, if there was a bunch of people throwing their arms up about this deal, then yes, I would personally make sure the trade did not happen. Dry Sidle went for spare parts earlier in the year. This but year. but what, what, what is the, the trade that would tip you off to be like, oh, I got to cancel it. Obvious cheating where a guy is in last place and has given up on his team and trades guys that are good for nothing and then doesn't continue to even update his roster, then there's that. Bad trades happen in Mm -hmm. the NHL. Bad trades happen in real life. It's a guy that's team was struggling a little bit, wanted to shake it up. We made a bunch of different exchanges. Didn't work out. I said Trochak and Reinhardt. Reinhardt is a top 10 fantasy player or top 15 fantasy player right now. And and to my point, I lost this week with Connor McDavid, whereas the guy that I made the trade with won his week. Trochek's nasty. Like three weeks, four weeks, right? So Connor McDavid got me two assists this week and whatever, a couple shots, maybe one power play point. If that didn't have a great week. And they haven't done others with defensive team now. I could very well, fantasy-wise, maybe lose this trade when it comes down to it. So I think as long as your league has integrity and and everybody's on board with it and and you're very much allowed to voice your opinion, but I'm going to be the guy that decides it because of, like, Parr's case, if it's a situation where I see, like, if it's not completely obvious cheating or completely obviously lopsided, then, yeah, and if everybody's raising arms about it, then sure, I will vote it down. But I am not going to let everybody who's kind of in the mix, like maybe a guy that's in second or third and the guy above him or just behind him makes a trade that he thinks is going to benefit his team, whether it's fair or not, votes it down. Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, absolutely. All the guys I play with have been playing fantasy hockey for a very long time. It's a $50 league. You, you're an adult. Make your own choices. But the fact that we have, like, imagine the NHL did that, there would be nothing that would happen. And if you have a league that you play in that people are voting for trades, it turns into a boring league. And we have trades that happen all the time in my league. And it is fun. So you want to play in a fucking kids league? Go play in a kids league. This is a big boys league. 
what Damn. I have to say about it. Damn. And, uh, and again, I lost this week with my boy, Connor McDavid, because he only accumulated me two assists. Trocek didn't play that good last week. I think he probably would have still lost. Uh, well, Reinhardt did, so. <laughs> Whatever. So, I got uh, – I don't even want to get into it. I'm but it's not it. just goals and assists. Like, I mean, I don't do penalty minutes because I think penalty minutes is – the dumbest fucking fantasy stat going. I'm not picking grinders, but you know, like when Milan Lucic is a top 10 fantasy guy because he just racks up penalty minutes and gets like 45 points a year and a bunch of hits. I don't like that. I want to actually pick players, you know, in the first round in the second round and the third round that are actually good hockey players. Milan Lucic isn't a good hockey player. And I hope he never plays another hockey game ever again. He won't. He won't. Wow. Jesus he will not. He will never play another hockey game again, I don't think. That but, like, don't be part of the fantasy league if you think there's shenanigans going on but you don't agree with, then don't be part of it. I've had the same guys in the same league for five years now. And deals all over the place makes it a lot more fun. And I'm the guy that decides it. And nobody has uh, – the owner. The, the owners of the teams have not decided that they want a new um, commissioner yet. So I would love if somebody else taken over because I hate running fantasy leagues, but – I've always been that guy. And like I said, like a lot of guys, when I made that <laughs> trade, were like, oh, I like, I should have, I should have made a, a deal with Gil because they probably could have offered something better. They did it. Well, I just, and now Dane, everywhere. Dane, I'm going to run a scenario past you and you tell me if this would uh, raise your alarms as a commissioner of your league. Okay. Guy trades. Sam Reinhardt and Vincent Trocek for Connor McDavid, and the Connor McDavid's going to the commissioner of the league's team. Would that raise any alarms for you? Sure, but I have a bunch. Whoa, of- whoa, whoa, whoa! But it depends the situation and the setting that you're in. I have nine other guys in the league that are all aware that I made that trade, and none of them have an issue with it. And that's the integrity that I uphold. Well, if there was people flailing their arms about it. That Sounds like they're scared. Consideration on the trade, but nobody is upset with it. So yeah, they're like. Sounds like they're scared trade. of their dictator commissioner. Okay, if you look at it and you take the names away from it, trading the 12th ranked player and the 33rd ranked player for the 10th ranked player without the names is a good deal. And Connor McDavid Knight probably isn't going to score 153 points this year. Well, two goals off at the All-Star break, five points a game. The guy went on a 30-point in 10-game tear when the Oilers started getting hot. You know, that guy can get hot at any time. The wheel is ran. We are hot right now. Yeah, the Oilers are hot because they are getting that depth scoring. That's probably why Connor is only going to get 120 points if they actually get depth scoring. But if he the Okay, so if if Trocek gets 80 points and and, and Sam Reinhart gets 100 points – and Connor McDavid gets 115 to 120 points. How how is that deal lopsided? I know I know which one of those players I want to bet on to get 100 points, though. Yeah, and it's not going to be Sam Reinhardt with a career high of 82. That's for damn sure. It's not bad. That's still a good total. Yeah. Okay. Let's make that trade then. Uh, I'll give you Sam Reinhardt and Vincent Trocheck. You give me Connor McDavid. Perfect. Not chance. Exactly. If I have Connor McDavid, he's my untradeable. I'm never trading Connor McDavid. But, but when you're in last, if you have Connor McDavid, you're in last place. Yeah, Vincent Trocheck with 64 points. What's that? 64 points, career high. Sorry. Oh, what? 75. Sorry. 
75. The trade is going to be determined based on what was when the trade happened until the end of the season. That's where you're going to know who won the trade and who didn't win the trade. And think of it this way. I don't know who you picked up after because if you traded two for one, who would you pick up off the waiver wire? Marchment from fucking the Dallas Stars. Oh, good, good hitter, good grinder, gets some points. Okay, yeah. also you got penalty minutes. Hundred and one ranked guy in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. But again, to all you fantasy league owners, I'll say my opinion quick. I believe in vetoing trades, but with appropriate reason. Uh, I believe, I, I believe in that. Let the trade happen, but if you see Connor McDavid going for Ilya Samsonov, you, there, as long as there could be people voicing their opinion to veto that at that point, and hey. Why the fuck is this happening? Okay. But if somebody wants to trade Connor McDavid for Vincent Trocek and Sime Reinhardt and everybody thinks that that's a good trade except one guy, okay, look at that. It's a good trade. You know, if somebody wants to trade Dreisaitl for Connor McDavid straight up, let that happen. Good hockey trade. I'm not saying that that is. I'm just giving an example. So ultimately my point is as long as there's an ability to push back against certain trades that happen because there was actually one league that I heard of where somebody made a trade and it doesn't get the alert. The trade just happens without an alert in the league unless you go into the transactions and actually look about a trade that was happening. So there was somebody making moves. I'm not going to say names of people that don't know. I'm going to talk about them on radio or on podcast. They actually, if somebody got Sidney Crosby at the time, they got Evgeny Malkin from the same guy, and they gave up trash. I think Brandon Prust, he's a friend of the show. I shouldn't say that. I'm not saying that he's trash, but this league was about points. And Brandon Prust, this guy had him because he thought the league was a hit league. I, I don't know. Long story short, he got Crosby and Malkin for Prust and a couple pieces of other other pieces of salami, basically. Okay, so it, yeah, it's significantly different. Oh, than this. It is, but that's why I think you got to have that alert in there. You got to have some the ability to voice your opinion to make sure that a trade that that shit isn't happening. It's like, veto, vote against, voice your opinion, whatever it is. As long as there's something in place that allows, even despite how much integrity that you trust in your friends or your group, you got to have that because sometimes people get greedy with money. Okay, that's all I'm saying, especially when it comes down to money. Oh, I don't play fantasy for money. <laughs> I play fantasy for to swing my big dick. All right, let's think of the trade. <laughs> now, let's oh, say the, the trade. Alex Parr offered me a trade, uh, Evan Rodriguez, for Kyle Connor and Jack Hughes. Oh, yeah, pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Evan God. Rodriguez plays three different positions and has four games this week. So. Oh, that's a good way to. Yeah, I don't do positions. I do. Jack, I do time forwards. Four. Jack five, Hughes is injured right now. What are you going to do with Jack Hughes? I know what I'm going to do with Evan Rodriguez. Get four games worth of points. Play him anywhere I want. So you know, I don't have to worry about if I've got a spot for him or not. I know you've got a spot for Jack Hughes, warming up the fucking seat on IR right now. So, so I mean, he's been there a lot this year. He's been there a couple mm-hmm. times. And sometimes, and sometimes having usual players instead of one. Like, there's a lot of guys that, like, are dropping, you know, three guys in and out of their rosters every week, right? And, like, we have a limited waiver wire, like, four moves a week because – and we only have three bench players, three bench players and, and four moves a week because then you have guys like Eichel's League. Unlimited everything. We have – 58 bench players and then and then you can just 
so like I just I, I like last year I came second. I was really into it. This year I just gave up because like unless you're like on your phone every second bringing in a guy like I'm I'm not getting paid to be a, an actual NHL GM. So I hate <laughs> like that. That I've never heard of a league like that before. Pretty much sure there's like, there's like, I, I think realistically like ten bench players that every team has. It's insane. It's a That's mess. Fun. Love you. And I just rejected your trade, Par. Thanks for the offer. What the? What? Okay, well, wait. You know what? When you come knocking on my door to try to pull that trigger again, no. No chance. You're going to have to sweeten the pot for me. Love it. Connor McDavid for Vincent Chocek. Fuck, man. Now, here here we go, fellas. We're going to get to the final topic. Fantasy hockey. Tell us about your league. Tell us what you think. Veto trades. Don't veto trades. Is your league full of integrity or is it full of people who just want to try to get rid of people when they're in last to try to get their buddy the money. You know, let us know. That, we want to talk about veto trades because my heart was towards just ensuring the integrity is there, but it seems like these two, they were part of good leagues. Maybe I'm the one with the bad experiences. Uh, the NHL draft re... Wow. The NHL redraft segment is now here to conclude the show. And just to remind everybody, last week, as I mentioned, we redrafted the 1980 NHL draft. Just to remind everybody at the end of each show, starting from 1980, not from 1963, from when the draft started, from 1980 up until present, Par, Dane, and I, and whoever's here for that episode, that particular segment, will be taking part of doing the redraft for that respective year. And on this episode, we're going to be redrafting the 1981 NHL entry draft. Now... Top five, we're not doing 10, 15, 20, we're not doing a whole round. We're just going to redraft the top five based on what we know today for those players. There's my reminder for you. I'm only going to give it to you a couple more times until we get into our flow of it. And I'm going to go first to the person who wasn't here last week. He's going to set the tone. He's going to set the energy. He's going to get to that podium, and he's going to get us pumped and give us his uh, top five picks in the 1981 if he had to do a redraft NHL draft. Go Park. <clears throat> easiest pick ever big homer pick too don't care fourth all time in points in the nhl give me ron francis right yeah am i doing all five am i going yeah, all five all five you go you name your five okay. number two i want chris chelios i want a guy with some longevity i want the legs to last me a long time this is an investment you might have different lists this time <laughs> you guys had the same lists last time no, no sort of pretty close then I went with a guy who can win you a cup or two, Grant Fuhr. Oh, yeah, oh, I love it. Yeah, you guys didn't pick Andy Moog last time. That I couldn't believe it. The disrespect 372 wins in his career, you disrespect him. But Grant Fuhr, are you kidding me? Can't disrespect that legend. How many cups does he have? I don't even know. He'll never go without a drink in his house. That's back for sure. Up to Grant Fuhr, <laughs> Al McKinnis was number four for me because my number five picked Dale Howarchuk. Just not going to cut it for me. I looked. No cut. Take. It's a brutal take. Okay, well, go go ahead and take Dale Howarchuk number one and try to explain to me how a non-Stanley Cup winner is your first pick. Yeah, you played for the fucking Jets. That's why. Yikes. All That's right, awful. Uh, Par, you say who goes next. I'll give you the reins. Yeah, well, Dane's got Dane's got something brewing over here. So come on. Yeah, I got number one, Dale Howardchuk. Uh, Terrible career games, fourteen and uh, hundred and nine points. I think the what if if he actually had a cast around him, 
um, to be good. And I actually picked some brains of some older gentlemen that were actually around in that era. And they said uh, for pure talent wise, Dale Hallerchuk is arguably one of the most underrated players in the NHL. And I think if he went to the right team in the right situation, he would be hoisting multiple Stanley Cups. Number two, uh, we got our hometown guy, Ronnie Franchise, second all time in assists. Can't go wrong with that. You could definitely flip flop one and two with that situation. But if we're just purely speaking about who's the better player, I think that's a very debatable. Al McKinnis, one of the best slap shots of all time at number three. Broke glass with wooden sticks. Love it. <laughs> number four, Grant Fuhr. Guy, guy has 47 assists, which is crazy for a goalie. 120 penalty minutes. A bunch of nose beers for a, a good portion of his early career. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Five Stanley Cops, one Vezza, one Jennings. His regular season stats aren't the sexiest, but if we look at his playoff numbers, 92.50 uh, for wins and losses, uh, 2.92 goals against, and an 8.98 save percentage. I know being below 900 in this day's uh, NHL is not good, but back then, actually pretty good numbers. So I got Grant Fuhrer at four, and then uh, Mr. Chelios, who played for uh, 96 career seasons, and uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he's still not playing. So um, I want to give a couple special shout-outs to Mike Vernon and John Van Beesbrook for uh, goalies, um, who arguably in a better scenario, in a better situation, um, you could argue the fact that are actually better goalies uh, than Grant Fuhrer, but do not have five Stanley Cups and all the other things that Grant Fuhrer has. Same as why I have Dale Hallerchuk at number one, because I think if he would have went to a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins and played with Marlemieu and Yager, what could have been? So Yager, best flow ever. Yager. Okay. Wow. We have different picks. I love it. This is good. Last year, last year, last week, Dan and I were similar. I guess I should say last year because Dan and I did 1980 and we were back in time in our little time capsule. We went back and we grew mullets and had suits and we were drafting our team. So I'm going to do it the same way I did last week and I'm going to name it we each team. And make it, yeah, long mullet hair I said we had last week. We were living yeah, in I need to come. I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, that's wild. Now, going to make it like I did last week. Going to wind it up with the first overall pick, the Winnipeg Jets. Be proud to select from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Ron Francis. Uh, the right choice. Pretty, pretty obvious. Popping uh, down the lineup with best uh, best playmakers of all time. He's a leader. He's had success on the ice as well. He would have uh, definitely duplicated that success, I feel, in Winnipeg as well. The second overall pick, the Los Angeles Kings are proud to select defenseman Al McKinnis. I'm uh, going to say Al McKinnis defensemen are very coveted by and Al McKinnis was one of the best defensemen to play the game. I'm a big fan of Al McKinnis. As Dane said, he broke glass with his PMP Sherwood 7,000. Don't quote me. I don't know if he had that stick, but I just love that brand. The third overall pick, the Washington Capitals are proud to select Dale Howarchuk. I, I went with Dale as third for obvious reasons. Dane brought up a good point. One of the most underrated players of all time. Fourth overall pick, the Hartford Whalers are proud to select Chris Chelios. Uh, obviously, longevity. This guy played for Dane said 96 seasons. He's probably still playing in some secret pro league. The guy ha had success on the ice. Defenseman, hard to come by, as I said. And he was obviously a lot of games proved in the pros. So he did what he had to do. The fifth overall pick, I was bouncing here. Bouncing here. But the Colorado Avalanche, we are proud to select after multiple debates about who to pick. The one and only Grant Fear. Uh, Grant Fear. 
uh, the fifth uh, fifth overall pick to the Colorado Avalanche. Like I said, Grant Fuhrer for the Stanley Cup wins, obviously. I did have Bobby Carpenter there at first, but I did switch that up. Carpenter had a really good career. And obviously, you got Mike Vernon that you can put on that. And JV, uh, John Van Beesbrook could mention their name. But those would be my top five. And Ronnie Francis is no other person that goes first in that draft. Sorry, Dane. Love you. Disagreeing with you. But Dale Howard, well, to give the guy credit. First, so we give I just want to mention that Wayne Graxi said that if when the Winnipeg Jacks actually had a goalie in Dale Howarchuk's time, that they would have been right up there as one of the best in the league along with Calgary and the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm just going to take my opinion from the best that ever did it, and I think you guys are wrong. You know what I was going to do as a fun fact? I didn't do it because it's not realistic, but I'll say what I was going to do. I was going to say we have a trade to announce. The fifth overall pick has been traded to the Montreal Canadiens for the seventh overall pick and for the 18th overall pick and the Montreal Canadians are proud to select ground fear. That's what I was going to do. I was going to throw a little loop. And I said, okay, wait, we actually have to do a full redraft. Keep it serious about who actually got picked, but then we can make these little fun things later that maybe would have happened or could have happened if, if that were the case. So don't ever do that in your segment, please. We won't do that in our segment, but I thought it'd be funny to add that if I was the Montreal Canadiens, I, if I go back in time, I would have moved up from seventh, even though they did take Mark Hunter. Uh, they could have definitely took Grand Fear or made a little move up to get somebody else. Fellas, that is our redraft. Good picks, different picks. Criticize us. Like I said, if you're on TikTok, Instagram, make sure you hit follow, like, subscribe. I don't know what clip we're going to have on TikTok in terms of the redraft. I'm probably leaning towards the guy in the pink sweater because it's his first one doing it this week. Um, you know, But nonetheless, might have a variation in there. Let us know who you think should be the top five in the 1981 NHL draft. And let us know your reactions to the whole segment below if you tune in on YouTube, if you tune in on Apple, Spotify, wherever the heck you're tuning in. We appreciate it. But that simple like, that simple follow goes a long way. And if you look at our TikTok views or Instagram views, over 70% of people that are viewing those videos, I'll say it flat out right now, they're not hitting following or they're not following the page. So give us feedback on what we can do to let you have that follow or you're just going to keep seeing those uploads and you're going to be missing out on great content from the Game Sports Podcast. Alex Parr, my friend, how sweet it is mm-hmm. to talk on here, how upset I was actually thinking about playing Chell tonight. Uh, and you said that you didn't want to play tonight. Oh, so there, not that's tonight. not true. I just said I can't play tonight. There's a big difference. If you hang up this call right as soon as we're done this and load up immediately, I can play a few games. Anyway, Dane's in. Dave, we'll take that offline. We'll take. We'll take that offline. Uh, we'll <laughs> take that offline. We gotta go. Dave, okay, bye. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Go, go, go. What do I do with my stick? What do I do with my touchdowns? Pause that. Dane. Thanks as um, always. Just, uh, not, not hockey related, but I'm going to say um, America's team, the uh, Detroit Lions, are going to oh, go. Fuck the Detroit Lions. Lions. Fuck the Detroit Lions. Oh, oh. Hold on. Sunday, baby. Hold on. Let's go. Look, I'm Dane. Let me hop over here. Ooh, Bills. Yeah, Bills. Ooh, I love that. Oh, over here, Lions. Yeah, give me some of that, Lions. Pick a team. Pick a team. Your team is whatever bus has a revolving door so you can hop on the bandwagon with no troubles. 
Oh, yeah, that's why I cheered for the Oilers, why they didn't make the playoffs for a gazillion Yeah, years. you just didn't know any better when you picked them as a kid. God damn. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. Get a, We're there. You know what the Steelers should go do? Go get a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Cut that. Fuck no. Aaron Rodgers. Jordan, Jordan Love, baby. Zach Wilson, baby, coming to Pittsburgh. This <laughs> Just kidding. No. That's also Yeah, you, you guys need another Fellas. construction progress. Yeah, that's exactly it. Fellas, thank you very much again. And I want to say thank you again to the listeners. Like I said, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Our content, I feel biased. I think it's fire. It's true content. We have great stuff coming up as well. Our next special edition show we will have with Tristan Grant. We're going to incorporate it to one of our episodes next week. Parr was on that show with me, Tristan Grant. And he did do a lot of a lot of coffee on our episode that I had to edit out. I think Park, remember he did a lot of coffee on that episode? Who did, sir? Just coffee. Tristan Grant. Remember that episode we did with Tristan Grant? I, re- I remember. I don't remember him coughing. A lot of coffee that had to be edited out in that show. A lot of coughing. Oh, yeah. And then, you, the and then you – A lot of coffee. Yeah, you paused the show and told him, shut your mouth, man. Remember that? <laughs> you didn't do that. You were kicking ass. Good guy. Tristan Grant, that's coming up very soon, our next special edition. If you haven't listened to the recent one, speaking of NHL, James Sabalski. It was a great episode. With great that. episode. Great. Balls. And it was edited by Alex Parr, too, by the way. Wow. Parr did a great it job was with that edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dane, let him know. Let him know. Parr, love you, Dane. Love you, listeners. I've never said that before, but nonetheless, like I said, hey, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. You listen to the Game Sports Podcast, powered by 91N. That's 91 Network, the YouTube channel. We're going to be back on Wednesday. We're going to have a segment. Don't know who's going to be on that first segment, but we are going to have In the Pocket. On that second segment, a lot of football chat on there. Very much looking forward to that for sure. Until next time, I'm here to mind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.